I love, um, I love at all times being in, in, in the Gospels, just part of my daily appetite, right? Just, just being in the Gospels and just studying the life of Jesus. And I'm just, I'm just so focused on him. He's just so amazing. He, he's, he's unexpected. You know, I, I, I read him like, well, what is Jesus going to do? You know, we become what we behold. You know, we have such, I mean, we have a precious, I mean, so many versions of the Bible. Uh, what I've got here is the Passion Translation. If you haven't heard of it, go and, and check it out. I spend a lot of time in the Passion Translation. I got my New King James Version Bible right here. You see that? My dad actually gave me this Bible in 1997. My dad. And it's, it's, it's falling apart, but I, I love it. It's all marked up and everything, right? I mean, I go to some of these verses, I'm like, wow, history. I remember when God spoke to me in that very moment, you know. He, he gave me a Bible the year before when I got saved, and I, and I read the Bible until it all just fell apart. So he ended up, he bought me this Bible, and I, I've had it ever since. It, it, it sat on a shelf for a few years when I was in the world, but... Uh, I've gotten back to it, and so I've got, I've got both, and I would encourage you to, um, uh, you can read it online, the Passion Translation, but I like that. Pastor, I can't get off of that. We become what we behold. Jesus was the anointed one. God came down. You forgot to do something. You put the mic down. It's too late, huh? Stand up. Say it. Come on. Come on. Come on. With the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. And God was with Thomas. Come on. Come on. Como Dios ungió, ya Como Dios ungió por el Espíritu Santo y con poder, lo que la quieros, regresa a Texas. Y como ella anda haciendo bienes. Come on. Come on. How God anointed Nicole of Gruley with the Holy Spirit and power, who goes about doing good and healing all who are possessed by the devil. God is with Nicole. Come on. Come on. Beautiful. Come on. Come on, stand up. Own it. Own it. How God anointed Wanda of Clackamas with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with Wanda. How God anointed Lazarus Morales with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with Lazarus Morales. Come on. Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by 
God will give our back. Amen. Terry? We got one more. Go fast. <laughs> Come on. so good. Jesus, the prototype, the anointed one, and we get to be like him. We get to have the same anointing, the same one, the same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus to do all the miracles. We get to have them. What a, what a gift. I mean, do you see how heaven is just like not holding anything back? I mean, if God wouldn't withhold his own son from us, I mean, everything else is available for us. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I mean, we should be <laughs> the most hopeful people on the planet. I remember years ago, this, this guy, he was preaching, and he was talking about Christians, how we need to be the happiest people on the planet. We, sh we should be skipping from our cars to our houses to our business. And that, that's so true. God is with us, Emmanuel, God with us. It's not some dry, dead religion singing songs to the walls. Like he actually comes. My God, God with us. He's been revealing himself generation after generation after generation. You know, we don't have to sit here and second guess. I mean, any one of us, we could just, just begin to just go there. Just, how can you not believe in this kind of environment? You've got this big footprint on the earth, which, which is the church and Jesus who came and laid down his life. And then his spirit is on the church. How could you not believe I think I'm supposed to stick to some notes tonight. Is that? He gave me three pages. He gave a preacher three pages. Here, follow this. Okay. I, I'm going to try. <laughs> Can't make any promises, Pastor. But um, we are in lesson three on keys to the anointing. If you're following along, we're on, on 44. I think maybe I can get through a couple pages. What time do you win? Is there a, when I finish? All right. All right. So we're looking at keys to the anointing. If you're following along, we're at, we're at the top of page 44. And it says, his fame, referring to Jesus, started in the wilderness. Started in the wilderness. When he conquered Satan, after that, his fame kept spreading. I got hung up in the word here in, in this sentence of, of wilderness. You know, the, the wilderness was such a vital experience for Jesus. And it is such a vital experience 
for the believer. The wilderness is a, a, a proving grounds. It's, it's a place of, of testing. And so my encouragement to us tonight is that we would never uh, undervalue or underestimate the value of the wilderness experiences that, that we go through. How many of you, since you've become a believer, you've gone through some sort of wilderness experience? Yeah. <laughs> Pastor's putting all hands, feet, paws, everything up in the air. You know, Danielle and I, we too, we've, we've experienced, you know, wilderness experiences over the past 12 years that we've been in ministry. But I would not take any of it back because it made who we are today. And, you know, I, I couldn't help but just begin to look in, in uh, Luke chapter 4. Whenever Jesus went through the wilderness experience, you remember the enemy had, had come up to him. And what did he say? He said, if you are the son of God. And I think that's so funny because in chapter 3, what happened? Jesus, he was consumed in the spirit of prayer. And he comes up to John the Baptist and he's water baptized and he's baptized in the Holy Spirit at the same time. And this audible voice, it's the voice of the father, says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So God stated that this was his son, and then he's, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and look who sends him into the wilderness. If you look in, in chapter 4, verse 1, from the moment of his baptism, Jesus was overflowing with the Holy Spirit, and he was taken by the Spirit from the Jordan into the lonely wilderness. You ever feel lonely a little bit in the wilderness? So Jesus experienced this uh, to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser for 40 days saying, if you are the son of God. So, so here's the enemy. He's coming along and he's trying to get Jesus to what? Doubt what God had already said. And this is not new. Do you remember in Genesis chapter one, the Bible says that God created mankind, male and female. He created him in their image, in his image, and in their likeness, right? Yeah. And then in Genesis chapter 3, the enemy comes in the form of a snake, and he begins to have a dialogue with Eve. He said, did God really say you can't eat from the trees in the garden? And so they have this dialogue, right? Actually, let me go to it. Genesis chapter 3. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that the day you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Wait a minute. They were already like God. And here's the enemy trying to get her to doubt what God has already said. So the wilderness is a proving grounds for you to know who you are in Christ. It's a testing ground. It's so vital that you and I, we have victory as it says here. His fame started in the wilderness when he conquered Satan. Jesus, he had victory in the wilderness. And it's so important that you and I, we get victory in the wilderness. Otherwise, we come out and we're talking about theories. How many of you know the world does not need uh, theories about God's word? It needs God's people who know what they're talking about. They're walking in the reality of it so that we can bring people out of darkness because we have come out of darkness ourselves. If you don't pass the wilderness experience, you're shooting blanks. You look at the Israelites. They were in the wilderness for what, 40 years. 
They complained. They doubted. They walked in unbelief. And all of those that doubted and complained and walked in belief, they did not go into the promised land. They spent 40 years. Jesus spent 40 days. He came out in victory. You and I, we need to learn to value the wilderness because there are lessons in the wilderness that we walk out, we come out equipped. The Bible says that Jesus, he was baptized and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he went into the wilderness for 40 days. And look at what it says in, in this is the Passion Translation, Luke 4, verse 14. Then Jesus armed with the Holy Spirit's power. There's something about the wilderness. When you get victory there, you come out armed, ready for battle. And this is what we're talking about here whenever it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. You can have the Holy Spirit and not really walk and operate in the power of God. Right? It's like all bottled up. This is why we need to learn how to operate and minister in the power. This is what we're talking about. Keys to the anointing. Ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. How many people have Holy Spirit locked in prison inside of them? God's living in them. He's like, I want out. I want to touch someone. I want to heal someone. And we are that vessel. If we close up, then the world's not getting ministered to. How many churches are, are walking around with no power? Because they're not talking about it. You know, we have what we talk about. Whatever you begin to talk about begins to manifest. You talk about healing and all of a sudden healing begins to manifest. You talk about heaven and all of a sudden heaven begins to manifest. You talk about the anointing of God and all of a sudden the anointing begins to you feel it, you sense, right? This is why this needs to be our lingo. This, is ne this needs to be what we talk about, the anointing, the presence. This is why this church is on fire. We were talking about today how David Husky, he said he traveled all over America for 25 years, never found the church is on fire for God as this church right here. Oh. And I go in the churches and I, and I preach and they're like, wow. You like, you really believe this stuff. How about that? Kevin, you got to bring your own bandana. All right. Thank you, sir. Bring your own bandana when you preach. Where was I? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by of the devil, for God was with him. You know, you and I are not the punching bag for the enemy on planet Earth. Jesus modeled it out. The Son of God was manifested for this purpose, that he might destroy the works of the devil. We are manifested on the earth that we might destroy the works of the devil. You were created to destroy darkness. We've got light on the inside of us. You know, I, I can't help but I love to meditate on when, when Jesus went up that mountain, right? We, we know that he went and he prayed very often, but it's like we don't always know what's happening back, back there. But I want to know because I love, I love spending time in the presence of the Lord and Jesus, he takes Peter, James, and John up on the mountain, right? And he begins to pray, and all of a sudden, he just begins to shine because he's got all this light. You remember when he said that he is the light of the world? Like, he, he wasn't lying. He really was. All of a sudden, who he was just began to, you know, he was just glorified. We have that same light on the inside of us. <laughs> we need to get a revelation and look underneath the hood it's the glory of God on the inside of us. We are light. 
says here, Jesus acknowledged or attributed his power and results to the Holy Spirit. He attributed his power and his results to the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that we are in the age of Holy Spirit? Like, this is his time to shine. This is his dispensation, right? And Jesus told his disciples, just like, you know, American Express, they say, don't leave home without them. Jesus said, don't leave home without Holy Spirit. And he had given them a charge to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. But he said, make sure that you receive the promise of the Father first. You know, they waited 10 days. They, they tarried, I think it says in some of the older translations. And some people have taught over the years, over the years that you have to tarry. You know, 100 years ago, they would tarry and tarry. And tarry. What do you do? I'm tarrying, <laughs> waiting for God to come. You don't have to tarry. <laughs> Wait's over. Party starts now. Right? And so that same Holy Spirit is available to us today. Jesus knew that we couldn't do it without him. And, you know, he's, guys, he's a person. We look for him and we, we cry out for the power and, and that, that's, that's there. But Holy Spirit is a, is a person. And when you begin to value him, and one time I, I talked about this at our, at our church in Sim Reef, and we had a couple of people in the church that got together with Teresa. And, is this like heresy? <laughs> Referring to Holy Spirit as a person? But I like to put the Holy Spirit in those terms so that we can understand he's not some cloud. He's not, you know, he's not the goosebumps that you feel whenever he steps in the room. That may be evidence that, that he's there, but, but he's a person. He has emotions. You know, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can, you can grieve the Holy Spirit by what you say, by what you do. I don't want to grieve him. That's why I watch everything I do, everything I'm thinking about. I just, I want to walk with, with him in mind, that he's, he's always with me. I don't want to offend him in any way. I want him to just stay with me. I want, to, I want to maintain that friendship. Just like with my wife, I wouldn't want to offend her. It's the same way with the Lord, with Holy Spirit. He's given to us as, as a helper. Amen? So the anointing is for action, it says here. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Um, but it says in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And I, I want to stop here. I think I found something, Pastor, you can correct me if I'm wrong. If I, if I, if I completely missed it, you know. Look, I, I don't mind, you know, going out of bounds, doing crazy things sometimes, right? But I think I found something. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor. But, um, you know, think about this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The spirit of the Lord is up on me because he has anointed me. All right. Now, I want to look at, at um, in 1 Samuel chapter 16 real quick. You remember when, when David was anointed to be king? Uh, Samuel, he was, he was boohooing because... Saul, um, he, he, he was a wicked king. And, and so Samuel was crying about it. The Lord said, listen, stop crying. I want you to go to the house of, of Jesse. Bring your anointing oil, and you're going to anoint the next king of Israel. And so he goes to Jesse's house. They line up all of Jesse's sons minus David. And, and Saul, uh, Samuel goes to anoint the first one. But God says, don't look at the outward appearance, but I, I'm looking at the heart. And so he goes through all of them. And... None of them were the, the next king of Israel. And so Samuel says, is this all you have? He said, well, there's one left. He's out in the field. And Samuel says, well, we're not going to sit down until you bring him here. And so David, he walks up and the Lord says, this is the one. Anoint him. And watch this. In verse 13 of 1 Samuel chapter 16. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers 
and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. All right, so I've got this in the Old Testament I found. All right. So he's anointed, and then the Spirit of God comes and rushes upon him. Back to Luke uh, chapter 3, when Jesus, he was, he was baptized. The Bible says in, in verse 21, as he was consumed with the spirit of prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. So Jesus, he's connecting with God the Father. And he's consumed in this spirit of prayer. kind of reminds me of a Pastor Butch altar call. You know, no one could do an altar call like Pastor Butch. I mean, hands down. I'm like, wow, every altar call is like, he, you know, he's hitting them out of the park, right? I pray that, that I get that kind of, you know, that ability to do that. But um, Jesus, he's consumed in this spirit of prayer, so he's, he's with God in spirit. He's consumed, and all of a sudden, the Bible says, the heavenly realm ripped open above him, and the Holy Spirit descended from heaven in the visible tangible form of a dove and landed on him here's where i'm going i feel like like when when you when you get into the presence of a lord you get into his his anointing you spend time with him it's kind of like x or anointing marks the spot you get into the presence of god i mean how many of you you've soaked in the presence of god in this place and all of a sudden the spirit came upon you rushed upon you and you went out and you you got some people saved or you led someone in in worship or you, you know what i mean all of a sudden you begin to teach you begin to preach you begin to to heal the sick cast out devils this, it's like the anointing marks the spot and this is why we seek the lord for his presence for for his anointing I think I shared in, in Irwinville how, you know, we kind of scrapped the way that, that we used to do our services. Sometimes we just, when we have uh, worship first, I just said, you know what, let's just put that off and uh, let's just pray. And, 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 and we would just spend time just seeking his face. And, and when you start out a service like that, instead of, you know, you got the little countdown video and you got, you've got four songs and then, you know, you have your little program all in place, I found if I just... Put that by the wayside, which is kind of scary sometimes, you know, because we like our little rigid programs and everything. But I found that when we just seek God, we seek his face in the middle of the service, you know, uh, almost at first there's no one there. And then I, I, I open my eyes 30 minutes later and the, the house is packed. People are hungry. We're in the presence of God. And when you start a service that way in the anointing of God, everything is just so easy after that. Just like when Danielle came up just a few weeks ago. She said, wow, it's so easy to share announcements when God is here. <laughs> you just kind of hang out, you know, because of the anointing. The anointing, it makes a difference. I don't want to get ahead of myself. How'd I do, Pastor? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. God was with me. Amen. I like that point, though. <laughs> so the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Luke 4, verse 18. So it says here, through the anointing and power, excuse me, of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was able to preach the gospel to the poor. And it is a message of prosperity. I tell you, church, we, we carry such hope. The, the, the message, the gospel message, it's the best news on the planet. I always love looking back when the angels appeared uh, to the shepherds out in the field. You know, shepherds, they have kind of a boring life. They're looking at the rear end of sheep all the time. You know, very simple lives. They never watched Star Wars or anything like that. You know, they never saw the, the Jesus movie. You know, and, and all of a sudden these angels appear in the, in the glory of God. And they said, don't be afraid. Why do they always say that? Because you know they're afraid. 
It's like, whoop, you know. They said, don't be afraid. We bring you glad tidings. You and I, we bring glad tidings. I'm so glad I'm not in the old covenant. I mean, what are you bringing? <laughs> One day, <laughs> the anointed one's going to come. Right? I mean, Jesus said of all the Old Testament prophets, John was the greatest. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. Why is that? Because we have the amazing privilege of not just saying he's coming, but he lives inside of me and he wants to live inside of you. Like he wants you to be the address, his address, where he lives. We are the holy of holies. We're the new holy holies, holy of holies of God. And so we carry this message and it applies to everyone. It pertains to every single person on the planet. We're all spiritually impoverished without him. You could be the owner of Google, but if you're the owner of Google with all the money, minus Jesus, you are poor. That's every single one of us, right? And so you could have a dime in your pocket, and that's all you got, but you know. That you've been bought, paid for, signed, sealed, delivered because of the blood of Jesus. Woo! You are wealthy. You understand? We're wealthy. None of this material stuff makes me wealthy. I know God, so I'm extremely wealthy. Man, I'm rich. My pockets are loaded. I got hope. So much hope, I got to give some away. So much love, forgiveness, joy, peace. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And it's not some same old song. It's a new song. We get to share this all over the planet. I mean, we get to preach to people, animals, creatures, cats. Every creature, the Bible says. Heal the brokenhearted. You know, we, we were talking about Mr. Rossi. Uh, Danielle read the little uh, text message from him just a few weeks ago. But uh, I remember I met him at his house. He was selling some bunk beds, and we needed some bunk beds. So I went and I, I met Mr. Rossi. He'd been living in, in Cambodia for uh, 20 years. He was uh, from uh, Great Britain. And we stood in his doorway, and we spoke for two hours. At the end of two hours, he said, man, what, what do you do here? I said, well, I got, a, I got a church. I'm a pastor. He's looking at me. Well, you don't look like a pastor. I said, well, thank you. <laughs> but he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to your church. And, you know, lots of people say that. But um, he came. And on the Sunday that he came, Danielle, what we do every week is we share, you know, the, the giving, teaching kind of deal. We talk about the abundant life. And the abundant life pertains to much more than just finances. And so on this particular Sunday, uh, well, I remember uh, Emmanuel, he had shared a few weeks before that, and he talked about salvation. We had 11 people give their lives to, to Jesus. That was during the abundant life message. Ten-minute message, you get 11 people saved, right? But on this Sunday, Danielle gets up, and she begins to talk about forgiveness and, and, and unforgiveness. And Mr. Rossi, he was just carrying around this, this unforgiveness because of what he saw with the... The, the, the government there, and, and, and he had really hoped to connect the villages and, and, and their products and the things that they made with the cities. This was his hope, and so he spent like two years trying to, you know, he's an engineer. He, want, he wanted to build roads, and so he saw all this corruption, and, and, and it, just, it just got to him. And so he was carrying around all this unforgiveness. And, and I remember Danielle, you know, shares this teaching and, and, and how unforgiveness when you, when you don't forgive people, it actually imprisons you. It hurts you more than, than it hurts other people. And all of a sudden, Mr. Rossi, he got a hold of this message. And I saw over the course of the next few weeks, I mean, he would come in the church, hey, man, and just give you this great big hug. And, man, I'm just so free. And he's telling every man, Danielle shared about forgiveness. And now I'm forgetting my heart, man. My heart is like clean. I'm, I'm getting it all cleaned out. That's what we bring. 
I mean, the truths that we have are so life-giving. You understand? Just you in the room, you're just shining so brightly. Don't let anyone ever silence your voice, especially when God's anointing is, is upon you. Speak. There's life in our words. You remember when, when so many of the disciples of Jesus, they had walked away from him? And Jesus, I love Jesus. <laughs> he always knows how to take it to the next level. He's like, he looks over at the 12, you're going to leave me too? <laughs> and Peter said, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. We have the words of eternal life. Our words carry weight. It carries the anointing to, to set people free. Number three, to preach deliverance to the captives. How many of us in this place, we've been delivered of, of something? Drug addiction, alcoholism, you know, I mean, my goodness, gossiping. <laughs> but God's like a body snatcher. I mean, he's just snatching people, transplanting them out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous Light. Thank you, Jesus. How about number four? Give sight to the blind. I'm telling you. Us just, just walking into a room and talking. I was sitting there the other day with my uncle. And, and I was, I'm just talking. Just, just, just me. Just, normal, you know. And he's going, yeah, yeah. You just, you just see the lights turning on. And that's what it's like when you and I, when we stop being silent and walking in the fear of man. Well, they won't accept me. And we open up our mouths and truth comes out. It's, it's like light. I think if we could see it in the spirit, it'd be light. Words of light and life. And, you know, so people just see. Simply because we're there. We carry this anointing and they can see. Have you ever been in a service like this? And all of a sudden, Revelation? It's just coming, right? The preacher gets up there with one little verse. I like how pastor showed up in Sim Reap. He had, he had one sentence on his, on, his, on his notes. Like that was his message, one sentence. And I'm watching this man preach for an hour and a half. <laughs> what? <laughs> what in tarnation's going on here? <laughs> That's the anointing of God. <laughs> But it gives sight to the blind. Can't we see? <laughs> Pastor talks about it. The birds, they get birdier. The grass gets grassier. And it's so true. We can see. We can see. Number five, give liberty to the oppressed. It's a message of freedom that is freedom from being crushed, hurt, and wounded, spirit, soul, and body. And we always got to think, you know, we've got to have victory in it first before we can leave people out of prison, out of captivity. We've got to be out of captivity ourselves, you know. And, and I, I know that you all have, have had your own history, just like I've had, you know, in my life with all the different stuff, the issues, the divorce with my parents and all the different stuff. But I look back and, 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 and since I've given myself to the Lord, it's like, he just came in like a great physician and went to town. He put me on, on his operating table. And my goodness, has he done it? I, I, am, I am healthy emotionally. When people have heard our testimonies, they're looking at me and my sisters, and they're like, wow, and you're okay. Like, what? How does that happen with as messed, jacked up as your history was, your upbringing? <laughs> How, how are you sane and, and okay in serving God today? It's all because of Jesus. It's all because I availed myself to him. And, and this is why I can even have relationships in a right way. Some people don't know how to do relationships. They haven't let Jesus even come in that area, that department, because they're hung up on, on whatever dad did to them. And I'm not trying to make that a trivial thing, but God can heal that so that you can see people right, so that you can see pastor right. 
You could see mentors and leaders right. If you think that you don't need a pastor, you don't need people to mentor you, <laughs> you might want to read what Jesus did. He, he left heaven, came down, and discipled 12 men. He gave himself to them. And because they were willing to go the distance with Jesus, and Jesus said some very hard things that probably many in the church would walk out on. You know, one moment, Peter's got this revelation. I mean, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, wow, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But Peter, you are hearing from the Father. And you know, then he just... Shoot, I hear from the Father. That's what Jesus said. And then it got real. Jesus started talking about, you know, guys, I'm going to be going to the cross real soon. It's about to get real. And Peter comes along and said, uh-uh. That's not going to happen, Jesus. And what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. Well, pastor told me. Well, man up. <laughs> being discipled is not an easy process. Imagine being discipled by God. I mean, attention. <laughs> I mean, boot camp, they would come and check everything, you know. And Jesus, he was, I mean, he, you know, he was a lot of fun to be around. You know, he was a lot of fun to be around. But Jesus would talk about the hard things. And that's what discipleship is all about. I believe that the reason that Danielle and I, we are, we are where we're at in our lives today. Obviously, it's because of the anointing and, and Jesus. And, but it's because of the relationship that we have with our pastors, our, our mentors. There's something about that process. If you really... Give yourself to that process that it will catapult you into your destiny and you'll be more effective. Because I've seen people, they, they have not allowed Jesus to heal them. And so they don't know how to do relationship with people. They don't know how to do relationship with authority. They're always looking at authority wrong. Uh, I didn't mean to go here today, but apparently this is for somebody. They were look, they're looking at authority wrong and so they can't ever really go anywhere, right? Or may, maybe they're doing some things, there's some fruit, but man, there's some, some bad fruit because they don't know how to treat people because they've never availed themselves to a relationship, a healthy relationship with mentors. I'm telling you, that's a golden process. And I remember, I remember coming to pastor saying, I have a vision. I want us to plant a river church. I didn't come and say, I want to do this. I, I'm going to go, I want to do this. You going to back me up? I came and I said, I want us. I, 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 need, I need relationship. I need mentorship. I, I need this. And I'm so thankful that the Lord, he took me through a journey and a process where he healed me in, in, in my emotions and my perspectives of how I view pastors and mentors and I have a value and affinity for our pastors and authority. I understand it now. And so the Lord's taken us on. So it's a message of freedom. Give liberty to the oppressed. Jesus wants to heal, you know, he wants us to be born again. We, we become alive to God. Our spirit becomes alive to God. He wants to heal our, our, our physical body, but he wants to heal us in our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Once we get victory in that, then we can help bring other people out. Amen? Amen. And so Jesus did no healings, no miracles, no deliverances until he was anointed with the Holy Spirit at the age of 30. Before he was 30, there were no miracles, no healings, no signs and wonders because he was not anointed. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. And so the anointing, it makes all the difference in the world. 
Jen, you guys are leading worship out there. You know, practice, all that stuff is good. You know, spending time practicing and all that. But be a team that seeks God's face. Those of you that want to preach, um, do due diligence. Spend time in the Word, preparing, studying. But seek God's face and ask Him to anoint you. Because if you just stand up there with all this head knowledge and all these facts and you haven't spent time just being with Jesus just to be with Him, I don't ever want to seek God for a message so that I can stand before people and, and have something to say. I feel like I'd, I'd be using the Lord. You know what I mean? And, and, and even with worship. You know, ha have your own time of worship, of worshiping the Lord, not, not so you can learn a new song or, you know, practice so you can sound good. But just what about you and the Lord? And just that, that, that intimacy, right? The anointing makes all the difference. And, and you see it. I mean, I've been in places and, and they're playing, they're playing, the, 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 the band's playing. It sounds great artistically, right? But I'm going, eh, there's no anointing. Have you ever been listening to someone and they haven't sought the face of God? And, and yes, it's truth, but where's the anointing? Like, you, you, so you got this message out of your own due diligence? You know, I, I like to live out of passion. I like to teach and, and preach out of what I'm experiencing with the Lord. You know, John said, that which we, we saw with our own eyes, we, we handled with our own hands. You know, in other words, they, they experienced the Lord. They, they encountered the Lord. And that's what they went out and talked about. Do you remember? What's well, it in Acts? I forget where, but they said, we're going to talk about what we have seen and what we have heard. And we should do so as well. That this, every word that's, 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 that's here is there so that you and I, we can encounter the God of the word. Every word is there so that you can encounter him. And once you encounter him, you've got something to offer to people. Because you're speaking with experience. This is why, this is what they remarked. If you look later on, after Jesus declared that the spirit of the Lord was upon him, he goes out and he begins to preach. And he's in the, the temple, and Jesus didn't have quiet services, you know. What is it with quiet churches? It's like you go in there, and, and you hear a noise, and everybody looks, and it's like, God's here. Does he, I mean, is he not, like, excited? I mean, whatever happened to he who sits in the heavens laughs. Like, heaven is not quiet. I, I believe they're throwing parties. Like, every time, <laughs> I'm seeing little mental, every time someone gets saved, it's like, heaven's like, party, we got another one. I mean, Jesus died for people. You know they're celebrating every time someone else comes into the kingdom. Right? So Jesus, he's in the service. And he's speaking, and all of a sudden, ah! <laughs> a man had a spirit that had a demon, an unclean uh, demon. <laughs> right? How's it said? Unclean spirit. I read it today. It was like, what? Unclean spirit. No, he had a spirit of an unclean demon. That's what it said. Yeah. And he said, we know who you are. <laughs> and of course, Jesus spoke to the demon and it left the man. But in the anointing, there's some activity going on. We've had services. <laughs> We're worshiping the Lord. And all of a sudden, you know, 
so, somebody's demons like, <laughs> it's uncomfortable in here. <laughs> they get thrown on the floor or they leave. Religious spirits. We've had people around our table, and I'm sitting there just, just talking. And it's amazing how just the word of God, people coming into agreement, all of a sudden, the demon has to leave. It's not always this wild thing, you know. Sometimes you simply coming into agreement with God's word, the devil's like, the demon's like, uh-oh. <laughs> We're not welcome here. I remember we had, a, we had a young man at our table. He gets up, goes into the bathroom. It was just right there. Comes back in, he sits down, I'm all right. So whatever he was dealing with, the word of God just, just dealt with it. The anointing. The anointing goes beyond you. And that's what I love about the anointing. Is it's not just me trying to convince people up here. But the anointing goes and begins to work and seep into hearts and minds. And he can take whatever's being said and just put it on like steroids where there's so much revelation are you with me? The anointing makes all the difference. It makes the, the difference in, in, in worship, in preaching. It makes a difference in your marriage, in, in your family. You know, just hang out with your family and just, just read the word. I, I love doing that with my children. I start off, you know, with, with Samuel and Vivian. We, we sit down, and I'll begin reading something, and my kids, they, they'll ask a question. Samuel, the other day, he said, so, Dad, so, I mean, you know, we believe this thing, but what if some man came up to you and said that he was a baseball player? Would you believe him? And that's Samuel's way of, you know, asking questions. And, uh, I began to talk about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how Luke, he was a physician, very analytical, very detailed, and he interviewed so many people. And so we have all those accounts. And then, of course, we have accounts outside the church, unbelievers that wrote you know, historical documents about, about what happened. And then we've got these, these 11 apostles that went out and literally died they gave up their life. You don't do that unless you really know that the man that died actually rose from the dead. Like that just does something to you. He was dead. I, I saw him on the cross. He had given up the ghost and he was walking around alive for 40 days with holes in his arms. It does something to you. And in tears, I've just wept as I've shared the gospel with, with my children. It's, it's the most beautiful moments that I have with my children Immediately following this, it was, it was so amazing. Vivian, she walks into the room and she says, Mom, can I tell you something? And she says, yes. And she began to shake. And she said, Mom, the whole earth is full of the glory of the Lord. And she began to prophesy for 25 minutes. Listen, our families need to be exposed to the anointing of God. Listen. When you get into this book, <laughs> get into the anointing first. I don't ever just wake up and, you know, all right, what's going on here? I'm like, hello, Jesus. Hello, Holy Spirit. Yes, good morning, Holy Spirit. How are you today? And he's like, <gasps> somebody said, how you doing? Because we always need God. God, I need you. I need what, Lord. Hey, how are you? Right? And I'll actually get into the anointing. You stir up the anointing. You stir up the gift. Paul said to stir, he told Timothy, stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. Well, how do you do that? Shaka, membre, edededo, romo, meme, esti, ila manedo, rebe, breste, elelego, romo neda, mambra badia, elelego, romo nedi, isti, ededoge, mambra basti, elelego, romo nedo, brima nane, este gededo, romo node, brima nana nego, robo shitezo. I'm, 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 I'm something. 
I'm, I'm, I'm in the anointing, all right? And then you get in the word. It makes all the difference. I told my leaders that, I said, when you, when you read the word, make sure you're in the anointing. You know, those old artists back in the day, like Led Zeppelin, you know, they would get so high and so on drugs, and then they, it, it was like a worldly, demonic anointing would come upon them, and they would write songs like Stairway to Heaven, right? <laughs> the enemy is not creative. He cannot create. So he's, he's copying what is available in us. So we can get into the anointing and begin to read. And I tell you, there is so much revelation when you're in the anointing. I, messages come to me so quickly. I have to hurry up and get my, my little iPhone and write it down because I, I saw a title. I saw like five scriptures. Let me, let me write those down. I saw stories, testimonies, pictures. And I hurry up and I write it down. And, and that's, that's what the Lord gave to me. It's, it's, man, it's, it's treasure from heaven. And so I package up, put it in a message, and then I deliver that to the people of God. So they can have something that God personally fed me. If you're looking at pastor, if you say, I'm not getting much out of this church when pastor preaches. Is your mama still making you food? You can grow up, make your own food. Let God feed you. This is a place where I gather to be with God's people. We gather for presence. I mean, there's a synergy of faith. That's so good. But the anointing made all the difference. And they, that's what, this is what they said about Jesus. He preaches with one that has authority. You know, he wasn't like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees would get up there and say, you know, Pharisee, uh, Jim Bob, you know, he said this. And, and, and Sa Sadducee Larry, he said this. And Jesus got up and he said, God said this. Because he was speaking from a place of experience. The anointing will teach you all things, the Bible says. And so with the anointing, it makes all the difference. When you speak, it's speaking from a place of authority. You know what you're talking about. You've got the power to back it up. Amen? It says here, if Jesus had to be anointed, to preach the gospel, to teach God's word, excuse me, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and release miracles, to set suffering mankind free, then you and I need the anointing of God today. How many of you know if Jesus needed the anointing? <laughs> we need the anointing. And we can place a demand on the anointing. Whatever you have faith for, you can have. Whatever we see in Pastor Butch, he, he doesn't have like the corner on it. Like, <laughs> the fivefold ministry gifts are here, and there's this grace on us to bring you into that same dynamic anointing and gifting that we're walking in. Right? So whatever we're walking in, you can walk in it too. All you got to do is place a demand upon it. There was a man named Randy Clark. And have you ever heard of the, the Toronto Revival? Yeah. It was called the Father's Outpouring. And, uh, but Randy Clark, he was a Baptist preacher. And he felt just so dry. He knew there was something more. And so he actually, the Lord told him to go to a Rodney Howard Brown meeting. And he was sitting there in the back just like this. <laughs> but uh, he wanted what he had, and so he placed a demand upon him. And so he went up to the front of the line, and Rodney went by, touched him, and he fell out. And then he ran all the way to the other side, and he, he took off his glasses, 
so they wouldn't recognize him. And they laid hands on him. He fell out again. And then the next time, he was sitting there, and he was watching Rodney one by one as he would pray for people. And I forget, Rodney, Rodney's right-hand man said, what do, what do you want? He said, I just want to find out how he does it. How's he operating in the anointing? And he said, come over here. Come get prayed for again. Laid hands on him. Prayed for him. He went out under the power of God. He shows up the next week at his church on, on a Sunday, and everyone lines up in church, and they just did. Boom. 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 He placed a demand upon the anointing of God. So all these altar calls were pastors calling people, whoever of you wants more of God, don't think nothing's happening during that time. You're getting you're, you're placing a demand, and God sees that faith, and he will give you what you're asking for. I want to close out with this. You know that you can, you can be constantly aware of the anointing and presence of God on your life? I, I am so grateful for that reality. Like, you know that scripture that when Jesus said, I, I'm, I'm with you always? Like, I know that. I, I don't doubt it all, because I, I feel him. I, I just... I shake. When I become aware of him, I, I just, I shake. And that's like God's way of telling me, hey, that scripture is real. I'm with you always. And I, so I just know. And there was a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. And what did she do? She went up to Jesus. Her faith was that if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. That was her faith. And she went, she pressed through the crowd, and she touched the hem of his garment, and she was healed. And watch, I, I'm going to, this is uh, Luke chapter, what, 8. So Jesus, he stopped and he said, someone touched me. Who is it? And of course, Peter's looking around like, man, <laughs> Jesus, what do you mean who touched you? Look at all these people. And look at what Jesus says. This is in the Passion Translation. So it's a little bit more passionate. <laughs> he replied, yes, but I felt power surge through me. Someone touched me to be healed, and they received their healing. So Jesus was so aware of the anointing on his life. He was in constant awareness of, his anoint, of the anointing upon his life that he knew when someone made a withdrawal. And he knew, wait, this isn't deliverance that someone got. This, this is a healing. So if Jesus could be in constant awareness of the anointing of God upon his life, so can we. Because whatever he walked in, we can have as well. You can be aware of the anointing of God. It's for you to partake of. It's a gift from, it's a treasure from heaven. You know Jesus was having a good time with the Father, with Holy Spirit. You remember when the disciples, they came back and they said, man, we, we cast out all kind of demons and they were so excited. And Jesus did what? He began to jump up full of joy. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. In that moment, we can walk in that 24-7, be aware. Woo. <laughs> Hello. See what I mean? <laughs> we can be aware of his presence at all times. So that just, if you have faith for that, just take that right now. Don't, that's not just for me. You can, you can have it. If Jesus had it, you can have it. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you. Thank you for this message. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the anointing, Lord, that we can just step right in. Just like at the carnival at the fair, step right up. You can just step right up into his presence. Hello. Revelation chapter 4. John was in the spirit on the Lord's, he was in the, the, the realm of the spirit, the spirit realm. He was so aware of the spirit realm 
and he saw a door standing open in heaven, and he heard a voice saying, come up here, and I will show you things. I thank you, Lord, that that door is standing open in heaven, that we have access to the resources of eternity, a place where moth and rust cannot destroy. Mmm. 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 I thank you, Lord, that, that, that we can come. I thank you that you are the door and we can come in and out, you said, Jesus, in the green pastures. I thank you that you set a table before us in the presence of our enemies. We don't look at people as our enemies, but you set a table, a feast for us in the presence of our enemies. So no matter where we're at, we could be surrounded by people that hate us, but there is a joy on the inside because your anointing, your anointing, it breathes, it oozes out joy, it oozes out peace, it oozes out love, it oozes out forgiveness. All of heaven's treasures, all of heaven's resources. And we thank you for that tonight, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Sure. Uh, Pastor, you got anything?